to Dorm Room Diaries. Today we're going to be talking about our childhoods and what it was like growing up in the U.S. versus the U.K. As always, we are so excited that you decided to join us. Let's, Let's get, get into it. it! Lily, tell me what it was like growing up in New York. <laughs> As you guys know, I'm from New York, but I'm not from the city. So I'm from about half an hour outside the city in Rockland County. Shout out to you guys if you're listening from there. I grew up in a suburban area. Very nice. I loved my first childhood home where I grew up for the most part before I moved because I've moved a lot in a house that was right by my elementary school in Rockland. And it was really nice. It was kind of it was like a normal house. It had a really big backyard, and my brother and I used to play in it all the time when we were younger. I loved it. But um, in that house, I always had dogs growing up. I still have a dog now. I had a beagle named Lucy, and then I had a Brussels Lucy. griffin. If you guys don't know what a Brussels griffin is, you need to look it up. They're like the ugliest, cutest dogs ever, and his <laughs> name was Bob. I Bob. named him. We rescued him from a shelter. Um, yeah, I feel like I had like kind of a typical suburban childhood growing up there. Lila, what was it like growing up in the city? Um, so yes, I mean, you guys know I grew up in, I grew up in London, England. Um, I'm a Brit. <laughs> yeah, I okay. am fully a Brit. Yeah, right. I feel very British. I don't, I don't sound very British. I know we talk about this a lot. Maybe, maybe this episode will be, Yeah. maybe you'll finally maybe understand why I sound like this. I loved growing up in a city. I feel like I'm, I'm very much a city girl. I think it's Probably because I I grew up in London. You do um, give city girl. I I give city girl energy. You give city girl energy. <laughs> I love the convenience of just being able to to take the bus or the tube the anywhere tube. you want to go, and and being able to walk everywhere. So growing up, I would mm-hmm. just be able to you know hang out with my friends. It was nice you having that to worry about driving. Right. So I like I wasn't even gonna learn how to drive. My mom was like, you have to learn how to drive. So I did. I know how to drive, but really in London, I would rather take the bus or yeah, the tube or public yeah. transport because it's it's faster often it's more common i guess for people your age too it's not abnormal to think the majority of my friends do not know how to drive um and that's i mean totally cool because you don't really need to yeah but it is nice to be able to um i I do i do have my license i can drive but i don't really do it that often i do it occasionally Driving in the city versus driving in suburbs or rural areas is so different. I realize that. I will refuse to drive in New York City if I can avoid it. But New York City is such a pain Mm. because it doesn't get any better. Once you're, like, driving into the city, it's really bad. And then once you're in the city driving, it's so anxiety-inducing. And for someone anxious like me, it's not fun. Driving in New York City is awful. Like, I probably fully would not even drive in New York City. And this is going to... Like, I drive in London, and that's what I think is so great about London, is that it's, like, the perfect mix of being a city and having all the conveniences of that infrastructure, Mm -hmm. but also not feeling like you're being... Not imposed on, but the skyscrapers in Manhattan... I mean, I have family in New York City, so that's my other... That's my second home. But London just feels homey. It feels, you know, it's like pretty townhouses, and and it's more quaint, I would say, than New York City. New York City is a lot more chaotic. I can't really speak on it that much because I've never been to London, and the other major city that I've been to recently that I can kind of compare New York City to is Paris, and I absolutely loved it there. And Paris is, I can't say, but it was, like, very touristy, and obviously all major cities are, but 
Paris had a completely different vibe than New York City did. And for me, I've always said that the city is just too overwhelming for me. I don't want to live there. It's nice to go in for a day or for a weekend and kind of make a trip out of it. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's extremely overwhelming. And I think that's partially due to the fact that I grew up in the suburbs, which was pretty calm. I mean, nothing really goes on there. But it's good to have the city in proximity and kind of be able to go in and feel like... Wow, this is a lot, but it's fun when you have the battery for it. Right. Which I think is good. But I wonder what my experience would have been like in some place like London, where it's still a city, but it seems to be less chaotic than New York. Because New York, it's just, it's known for being chaotic for a reason. And if you've never been there, it's a great city. There's so much to do, so much good Mm -hmm. food, so many things to see. But... It's extremely overwhelming. You're not alone in holding that belief. There's definitely, I mean, there are a lot of people that feel that way. I think the city is overwhelming for a lot of people. For me, it feels comforting just in a way, I mean, mm-hmm. because I I grew up going to New York City a lot to visit my family. And so it does, it does feel like my second home. So it's nice. It's nice to have that. Um, and it's so, it's nice for me to have that um, close to, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's like an hour and a half um, by train from Princeton, which is great because... Um, it's, it's like going to my second home as opposed, I can't go home. So, um, yeah. on weekends. So sometimes I'll go for a weekend. It is comforting. And, and I think it, it's such an interesting way to describe it because I would never describe New York City as comforting. Yes. I mean, no, they don't call it the city that never sleeps for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> it is crazy chaotic. You're completely but right. I see comfort in some of that. And I think it's also just because I tend to see comfort in cities a lot. I do love a city and I do love New York, but I totally understand. I, I would never drive to New York. I also thought that, in, I mean, I lived in Paris. We'll show that later, but I lived in Paris for a few months when I was on my gap year and I would never drive in Paris yeah. either. That's terrifying. We will have a whole episode on Lila's gap year and me basically interrogating her about that. So you won't get too much into that. Yeah, there's our take on the cities, how London and New York differ, and a little bit of Paris, apparently, because we both share that experience. Okay, so I think we're going to go a little bit into early childhood. So I'm going to speak a little bit about what my early childhood experience was Mm -hmm. in New York in the suburbs, and then I'll ask you. In the burbs. I feel like our experiences are so different that it's easy for one of us to say our experience and compare because we really don't share anything in this regard. (laughs) So I went to elementary school, as we call it in the States. I know this varies across... The United States but K through 5 was in one building in one school and for me starting I think in kindergarten or first grade I started going to enrichment classes with a separate teacher during like an hour of the day I think they called it IE block I would go to an enrichment teacher with like a small group and we would kind of do activities that they deemed were too advanced for the majority of the class the point of me mentioning that is that everyone always tells me I have zero fine motor skills one I have shaky hands but two like when I'm cutting something out or like using scissors like I literally like can't function like I don't know I I don't do it right and I blame that on the fact that like I used to go out during IE block where they would do all of these mainstream (laughs) elementary school type things where they would like learn how to cut and learn how to hold the pencil right like people tell me I hold my pencils weird and things like that but that's so interesting to me because you're really good at drawing like you're very artistic in that (laughs) sense 
<laughs> yeah, I don't really know. When they would do coloring stuff, I used to get mad because I would get pulled out of the classroom to start learning how to do math. Besides that, what was your experience? Like, what was your primary school type thing? So, right, exactly. Hit the nail on the head there. We do have primary school. Primary, I knew it! I loved yeah, I my primary too. school. Um, I have Ooh. great memories. I've been to an all-girls school my whole life, so I went to an all-girls primary school. Well, I didn't know you went to all-girls primary school as I well. I did. I went to an all-girls primary school. I went to a co-educational nursery in French. Okay. Oh, really? Fun fact. That's real fun It was fact. a little bilingual one. I mean, I, I was in the section, the English-speaking section, where they would, like, speak to you in French sometimes, and you would learn French nursery rhymes. So I went to an all-girls primary school, and I really loved it. It was just a very wholesome experience. I think going to an all-girls school my whole life really shaped who I am. And not in a bad way. Like, I think a lot of people hear that and they immediately mm-hmm. assume that I have negative connotations associated with it. Uh, it was a very formative experience for me. It. And I really enjoyed it. Yes. It's and then... really interesting. It's very stressful. I will say in the UK, it's tough because when you're 11, you... And for boys, it's even younger. You change schools and you take exams to change schools. So at the age of 11, really? they are making you sit exams in... English, maths, and science. And I believe now they've changed it so it's verbal and nonverbal reasoning. Yeah. Anyway, so um, I changed schools when I was 11 and I went to another all-girls school and I really loved that. But do you want to talk about your middle school and high school first? Sure. I wanted to point out also we have something similar if you're going to a private school. I don't know if it's just a New York or Jersey thing, but we had exams at the end of middle school if you're going to a private school. Um to see if you get in. I don't think that they were particularly difficult. Um, I never really heard of someone not getting into the private school that they wanted to go to. Also mm-hmm. because the private schools near me um, have a pretty high tuition. So if you were willing to pay that tuition, they would probably make an exception for you to get in. Also right. because you probably didn't have any sort of like standardized middle school education because... Everything was kind of introductory to, like, history, English, all the things that they said they would teach you in high school. So it was hard to put out an exam that kind of would grab everyone's level and, like, actually assess them. So we had exams, but nothing really to compare to that, um, the system in the UK. For us, my middle school... If I didn't imply already, I went to co-ed school my entire life, and I went to public school my entire life. So we have very different experiences in that regard. My middle school was from 6th to 8th grade. Middle school was great. I loved it, honestly. Mm-hmm. It was a great experience. Um, I will speak on the fact that I was in classes with almost the same people the entire the entirety of middle school because I was in what they call a double accelerated math program and don't be fooled i am not good at math at least ne- at least it, by princeton standards and i just like in general math has never been my thing i've always been a humanities type gal but i was put into this program and it was kind of just all the people who were kind of ahead of everyone um we called ourselves the dubs which is also really funny because that's what dubs. our floor calls ourselves now <laughs> like our dorm floor calls um ourselves the doves so it's pretty homey i love it 
But shout out to my middle school dubs if you guys are listening to this. I know some of you follow, so shout out to you guys. Love you. But I was in classes with almost all of them for the entirety of middle school. It made my circle a lot smaller for quite a while because we had these things called teams in middle school. And it basically made it so that there were only certain teachers assigned to certain teams. So we had the four core subjects, which were history, English, math, and science. And there would be one teacher assigned to each of those subjects in each of the teams. And there were four teams for each grade. So you would basically be in your team and rotate around those teachers in middle school. And it was like a normal schedule for us. We had eight periods throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And you would hit all of those core subjects once. And then the rest were like art or like health, gym, something like that. Yeah. It varied. But... My team was always primarily made up of the double accelerated kids. And Mm -hmm. meanwhile, everyone else would kind of be shuffled around and would have different people every year. Mm -hmm. That was what my middle school was like. I'm not sure if I did a great job explaining it. But what was your next step? I don't know. It wasn't primary school. So you you have, after primary school, you have secondary school. Okay, well, Um, I wasn't sure. (laughs) And that's what you changed to. And that's basically middle and high school, I guess. Or the second half of middle and high school. I really love my secondary school as well. I made a lot of close friends there too. And we're still friends now. Was it? a lot of the same people from primary school or no no i was the only person really? from my primary school to go to my secondary that's interesting school. yeah i had the same people well for me my elementary schools we had five elementary schools that combined into one middle school but at least i had all the same people from my first no. elementary school so i had no one it was scary that honestly, is scary. first but it's i like made a, a lot college of friends. type adjustment right but i mean not quite because you're you still you still get to go home at night and you yes, still have your family but, but like, like it people. is weird not knowing anyone starting there and in the uk yes. i took gcses and a levels and that was a, just a very different ball game to i know what you take here yeah so we have ap exams here then college board runs that i feel like anyone in the u.s is probably familiar but there's a lot wrong with the AP system. I have no idea what it's like with the A-levels, but we, again, we could probably talk about that for a long time, right. but we won't do that in this episode because, you know, we don't have time for that. <laughs> um, tell me about high school. Um, for me, high school was pretty chill for the most part. Everyone from my middle school went to my high school. There were no other combining middle schools that came in, so it was just the same people. I had a pretty cool experience coming into freshman year because I started playing varsity soccer so I got to know a bunch of upperclassmen who I probably wouldn't have interacted with otherwise because I was just a freshman. I'm definitely grateful for getting to know those people because it just gave me perspective on how upperclassmen act and like how it would feel when I finally got to that point. That's what so was nice. it like for you? I think that, I mean, so my school was very small. My graduating class, I think, had about 60 people in it. Wow. So tiny. And we all knew each other. It was so nice. I really just hung out with everyone. I think, honestly, I branched out and made more friends in sixth form. The way that the timetabling worked with A-levels was that you would kind of, like, spend time a lot of time with people that you had classes with Uh but then you would have like study periods and then anytime anyone that was like in having study period would be in the library or in Uh their like common room at the same time and so you would all just be like working together and it was so nice so i love that um yes i have some really close friendships from both my schools and i had a great experience overall that's definitely great 
I mean, compared to your 60, my school was 400 people. That's So, it, yeah, it was big. This, this might be a really dumb question, but are, were there people in your high school, in your graduating class, like, you wouldn't be able to name if you saw a photo of them? Oh, 100%. Or, like, you know everyone? There's so many people I would Because I feel like 400 name. people, like, I don't know if I could name 400 people, or it's, like, you've been through, like, like the entire school. No, yeah, I wouldn't be able to Education name. Them, so you know them a lot of people like if i went through my yearbook i would not be able to name so many people that is so interesting because i feel like i almost knew most of the people in my school so i mean the fact yeah. that you didn't know all people in your grade is wild is it weird here for you to like not know a lot of people or did you expect that coming in no i definitely knew coming in i mean having um just over a thousand people in your yeah. class is a lot i of mean people, i think so, for no. me the thing was i've it's not that much bigger than my high school. I was like, mm. okay, it's like double. And for me, that that's nothing. But also, for me, it felt very different. Like, there was a distinction between, like, school, where you know everyone, and university, where uh-huh. you don't, because it's, yeah. such a, it's a much bigger student uh-huh. body. There's a lot more independence. I don't know. I seek, like, comfort in knowing that I knew everyone from my school, and this is a different experience, but it's a lot of fun. And I love, like, branching out and meeting new people. And it's so fun, because you know you'll have meet a friend and then he knows someone that you don't know yes. or she knows someone and it's just like everyone's kind never of ending because you keep meeting people as opposed to being in a very very yes. small circle so that's it's nice. kind of like invisible string theory one of my favorites yeah i love invisible <laughs> string theory but it's like yeah you're so connected with everyone so and connected. you'll meet someone and they'll know someone else and some of the time you'll be become closer with the person that they introduced you, you to mm-hmm. rather than the person who you initially met. And I just think that's cool. That's definitely how relationships in college, or at least for us, have worked. And lastly, I did want to ask, when did you start thinking about going to university? First of all, when did you decide that you wanted to come to the U.S.? And second of all, at what point in your like high school career did you decide to start thinking about college? I think that there's always been, a, I mean, you know, since since I knew about the concept, there's always been a part of me that's like, uh-huh. I want to go to college in the U.S. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, there's an appeal for me. I'm, I'm half American. I've grown up in the U.K., so there was a part of me that wanted to explore that other uh-huh. part of my identity, I guess. And then, you know, as I learned more about the differences in the two systems, it really just felt like this was the system that I related to more mm-hmm. in that you didn't have to decide what you were going to major in when you were applying. And your major like didn't really define what you did after Mm -hmm. i'm not saying that it does in the uk but i think certainly more people know what they're doing Mm -hmm. and it's very clear that they have like career paths set out for them whereas here i think it's just much more ambiguous which i really like because i'm just pretty indecisive and i also really wanted that liberal arts foundation Mm -hmm. so i think high school was when i was like sure that i wanted to apply and possibly sure that I wanted to go here Mm -hmm. but I will say that up until the summer before my senior year I was still unsure of where I was going to apply okay I see yeah I think for me I started thinking about it very early on because I knew exactly where I wanted to go (laughs) if you guys were wondering that was here um I was completely enthralled by Princeton. Like, I loved it. (laughs) To clarify, I was also equally enthralled by Princeton but I was like, it's impossible to get it. Exactly. So where are we setting the realistic expectations? Like, where should I be applying? Um, We'll talk about applications in another episode. We're going to round it out with a final question. My final question for you (laughs) is, what is your favorite childhood memory? Favorite? 
I feel like I have so many childhood memories and so little at the same time. (laughs) I think that my favorite childhood memory probably was, it was my dad's 40th birthday party and Mm -hmm. we were still at my first house and it was the entire side of my dad's family and the entire side of my mom's family all together Mm -hmm. in our backyard. And even though it was my dad's birthday he like got a cake that had my face and my brother's face on it too with him and i just remember being so excited i was like oh my god look that's me on the cake and it's kind of stupid but i just loved it because it was like my entire family all together and they were all hyping me up they're like oh my gosh look like lily you're on the cake and i don't even want to do the math about how young i was but it made me so excited and it was just a fun time where my family was all together and my immediate family and everyone else so it was just a great experience and i remember loving that and having so much fun with my cousin and my friends and all of that so that's my favorite that's so fun what's yours <laughs> so many to choose from the place that I used to live in London had this communal garden mm-hmm. kind of attached to it where everyone that lived around the square that I lived in got access to this garden mm-hmm. and we would all go and play in it together um like lots of the garden kids and that was just I don't know I just have so many memories of playing there also my mom threw some pretty killer birthday parties for me Aww. and my brother there um Those were always fun. Okay, I know we said that that was our last question, but I think we have to address something real quick or else our listeners are going to be extremely upset with us. We've we've had so many questions about this, fellow (laughs) listeners. Thank you for the questions, by the way. We appreciate. (laughs) But Leela, how come you don't have an accent? Really good question. And you know what? There are several, there are many theories surrounding this topic because I don't think anyone really knows. Um, Your brother had a theory. My brother had a theory. So my mom's theory, which my dad hates, is that my dad talks the most at home. And so I picked up his accent. (laughs) So he, yeah. Which I think is unfair to my dad. My dad's theory is that I have a lot of international friends and one of my closest friends is also American. Okay. My brother says that he picked it up one summer and I copied him. Yes. He and said that they went on holiday. Holiday. <laughs> on a holiday in America yes, when he was America. seven, which means you were like 10-ish. Mm-hmm. And that he picked up the American accent and she still had a British accent at the time, but he started talking in the American accent for like a year. And, and then so she I copied it up. him and then he lost it. There's no way that that happened. So the, <laughs> the only plausible theory based on that is that we both picked it up and he dropped it and I didn't. At some point or another. I don't think that it's plausible that it happened at one specific, like, instance. Right. Like, I I feel like it was a gradual thing. But who knows? I could actually delve more into it and I will, but in another episode. Yes. So the mystery continues for now. It does. Anyways, (laughs) that's all we have for you today. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, thank you for listening and tuning in as always. Um, keep an eye on our Instagram stories because we're going to be asking you guys some questions about future episodes at some point. So feel free to answer those. We'd love to hear from you. We'll be back again next Friday. 4 p.m. EST. In the meantime, stay funny!
music vibe. 